What up, what up? This is Coach Liebs, and welcome back to another episode of Bean Talk, the show that airs on Instagram Live every single Tuesday night at 8 p.m., where we have a different NFL receiver or coach on the broadcast every single week. Uh, the second episode of Bean Talk this week, we had Green Bay Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams on the show with us, and he was just unbelievable. Uh, if you guys follow this channel, you know that, that I met Devontae down at the Super Bowl in Atlanta. Um, in February, and we've really become close ever since. He's one of the smartest players I've ever talked to, one of the most thoughtful people I've ever talked to about his craft, about the game of football, the amount of attention to detail that he has. I mean, it's, it's no surprise uh, why he's kind of come on as strong as he has and, and really established himself, in my mind, as one of the top five receivers in the NFL. Um, certainly, I think all would be in agreement that his release game, his press release game at the line of scrimmage is probably the best in the NFL. Um, and he gives us a lot of insight uh, into that, into his, his thinking at the line of scrimmage, his strategies, some of his training techniques, um, and just kind of gives away a lot of his secrets about what makes him great. It was a really, really great interview. Um, I caught him on the on the back nine. He was golfing and took about 25 minutes to talk to us uh, in the middle of his golf round. We literally could have talked for two or three hours, I think, and he'll definitely be a, a repeat guest on the show. And I think somebody that will continue just to really serve the wide receiver community well um, and, and provide a lot of knowledge and insight to, to a lot of young receivers. Uh, so without further ado, Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. This is Bean Talk Episode 2. Hope you guys enjoy. From the sidelines, we got to hustle because we got to eat. Football's a bean. Or like he's on a bean right now. What's up with all this bean talk? What's up, man? Thanks for coming on. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Out here on the links right now. How you hitting them? Doing all right. Back nine is a little better than the front nine, you know what I'm saying? I'm still, still new to it, though. How long have you been golfing for? Truthfully, I've been out probably about, it's been less than 30 times total. I'm out here, I'm shooting at, at best, I can break 100, but I, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not showing out like that. I used to golf back in high school, that's how I was too. It's the tough game, man. Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough, but it's the only game where you can do one thing right all day and it brings you back. I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Tay and I met at the Super Bowl. It's been pretty well documented on this page. You know, it was just, it, it was really cool just meeting you and talking receiver play right away and could have talked for hours. Yes, sir. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, I, I want to start with, kind of what you're doing now, right before OTAs. A couple of weeks ago, you sent me some some super private clips from OTAs, and, and the yeah. first thing I said to you was, damn, you look fast. And yeah. you started talking to me a little bit about some of the things you were doing in the offseason. Uh, just, just talk to people a little bit about what you did this offseason to, to try and take your game to the next level. I mean, the biggest thing for me is uh, I've never, I never been a 4-3 guy. Probably never will be as far as the, the, the real 40, 40 times go, but... So I try to do anything to improve my speed. I feel like God blessed me with a, a, a rare skill set to be able to move side to side and use my quickness as, a, as an advantage in my game. So anything I can do to help my route right running, I've been trying to do that over the years. So this year I did a lot more track track workouts so I can blow the top off of some of these defenses. And, uh, uh, another thing I did was musculosystematic engineering, which is another thing to kind of fine tune my body to where I can be trained more, which is which is like we talked about uh, a few weeks back, was just basically ultimately be able to, to go out and, and train my craft and my rock running even more so um, right, and just, just find a way to never get tired um how has so how has that changed over the years how, how like take me back to high school college like the now how was your off-season training kind of, kind of change over that time beginning i really had the wrong idea i was thinking that it was all about being being swole and being the big dude so my body changed a lot uh i, 
I feel like I'm able to move and, and sustain. Over time, you know, I, I, my stamina is a lot better than what it was. Bulked up, you know, I had that big arms and all that stuff. You still see the bicep, I'm saying, but uh, I just did everything I could to, to really try to fine tune and make sure I was focused on what actually needed to be focused. I was I was too worried about, you know, how stuff looked rather than the, the actual performance of it. So, so now that I'm really getting older and, and learning tricks of the trade and seeing, you know, looking at the Larry Fitzes and, and uh, you know, a lot of guys like that and the people that, you know, sustain the longevity in this thing, um, you know, talking to Jerry, uh, Jerry Rice and, and different things like that, learning, you know, Jerry was never known to be the guy that was biggest dude out. You know, you got the Andre Johnson guys out there who can do that because that's really their natural size. But, you know, that's that's not my natural size. And I, I really wasn't feeling as comfortable with that. No doubt. And I think that's something all young receivers is going to be super valuable. In high school, college, it is that kind of stigma. Like, I, I just got to get big. I got to put on as much weight. I got I to gotta pass my lift test, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. that's not helping you play this game for 15, 20 years. Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's not about the combine no more. Once you do the combine, you know, the 40s are done and, and the bench press maxing out, all that stuff is done. You know, it, it looks cool to be able to say I, I can I can bench 225, 25 times, but if, if you can't get off press, then, you know, none of that right. none of that matters. And I, can, I, I feel that, too. I just went through that with the kid I kind of told you a lot about, that kid Juwan Winfrey who just got drafted to the Broncos. And it was so relieving for both of us once he was done with all the combine and pro day stuff. They got to test some. They got to find out how how, guy, how fast guys are some way. You can't really blame them. But you also know at, at one point, all that stuff goes out the window. And it's about what works best for you to make sure that, you know, my game is about quickness and, and getting off the spot. And, you know, the, the bench press is not really going to help that. So I'm not putting work, been putting work in in the, uh, in the weight room because I definitely am. But just just the main focus kind of shifts into what you what you really need to do and, and like I said for me to be able to move lateral and uh you know defeat press and 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 go out there and and, and beat the Patrick Petersons of the world yeah absolutely and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to press coverage in a second because I, I, we probably had four or five hundred questions from the fans and two-thirds of them were about press press releases because you know everyone loves your press release game so I'll, I'll get to that in a second but something I want to talk about that I think is unique about you similar to our guest last week Mohammed Sanu who's kind of been spearheading this whole bean talk thing is is that you you move around the field a lot you go from outside receiver uh, and just talk to me like what that's like how does your mindset change going from you know an outside receiver to a slot receiver how does your plan change if, if any and just talk about that adjustment throughout the game well I feel like uh, I feel like I've been put in a situation where earlier in my career most of what I was doing was outside and I feel like it kind of limited me over the past few years I've been moved around a little bit more and I think it's better for for a guy to start out outside and you know it's an easier transition at that sideline right there and you know you got an inside receiver on the on the inside where you can't fight from the jump was being able to um, you know work in that kind of that, that phone booth mentality so to be able to take all of those moves and, and all, that whole use that repertoire and take that inside where all of that space I feel like it, well I know just based on my conversations with different DBs guys that I respect around the league them telling me how much of a bind it puts them in to, to be you know stressed out now you got all of that room you can go anywhere it's been the biggest thing what I love about being able to move and, and play number three number two and number one because now I can use those those different moves and kind of alter them and you know you've, you've even made highlights of what I've done and when I've been at that number three spot so it's, it's a little bit more fun and that's what I want to talk about next like that that wide receiver film room episode the long breakdown I did on on your game versus the 49ers that was like you were kind of in a low period during that game for like the second and third quarters and then it seemed like once that the coaches put you at number three they found that mismatch you had like you know seven catches in the last like three minutes of the game 
And once they found that, y'all, y'all were hitting on. No, it's that's that's like I said, it's it's a it's a blessing to create a skill set like like in that phone booth, and then you get an inside, and then you can run across the field, you can run deep routes, you can still do all the same things, but I feel like it gives it puts the DB in more of a bind, and he got to react more, and rather than just using his skill set, he can't he can't guess as much because you can go anywhere. And so right after that that episode, which I'm sure was just coincidence, right after that episode, you put out a tweet saying I'm expanding my release package this year. Yeah. Talk to me without giving away too much. Talk to me a little bit about what that entails. I know you work with a guy in the offseason, Keith Williams, that I have a lot of respect for and have gotten to know pretty well. So just talk about kind of what that process was like expanding, you know, your release package that a lot of people already feel like is one of the best in the league. Yeah, well, I mean, people people don't really have the – not everybody has the right idea of exactly what I meant. But, um, you know, obviously I, I got the, the, the footwork at the line of scrimmage, but releases is just more than what happens, you know, right as you release. The release continues really for about five yards. So if I come off the line, I can give you a little shake and commit to the to the you know the, the fade and then I can I, at five yards I can give you another little pop, pop. that's the type of thing that'll throw somebody off because you know it, and it really don't matter because wide out play is all about the presentation so I can tell a DB all my secrets at the line of scrimmage you know at the beginning of the game and 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 depending on what I do you know depending on how I make it look he has to respect it because if I really make you look like I want to run the fade you have to respect it you can't just say no he he's, he, he said that he's going to do this so he's not going to do it so if I get on my horse and I really make it look if I, I got to convince myself that I'm running that fade before I convince the DB because if I think it and then shut it down. Release pattern is really all throughout the first five yards of the route. So I can shake you here, release outside, and then give you another little something like like now you're thinking that that was slant, and that's where the separation comes. Comparing all those releases together, making certain packages look the same for different routes, like absolutely, that, that's truly what the art of you know receiver receiver play is. And another yeah. thing to to toot your horn a little bit after watching that uh, the 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 49er breakdown. You, you brought up the, the stealing releases, and that's the thing that I really didn't even know other people even paid attention to because I do practice all the time when when it may be a run the opposite way, and I know I'm not getting the ball, but just to just to fill them out because you don't get all the opportunities. You know, you may not get the, that route later on. So, I, you know, it's kind of a practice. Like It's like you see Steve Nash at the line kind of doing this yes. before he shoots yes. a free throw. I, I just look at it that way because I, you may not have gotten a rep against that guy before. Like last year, I played Xavier and Howard, and that was my first time playing against him I got a lot of respect for him so that's a guy where you know I if I play Richard Sherman I played him a few times where I know how he's going to react to certain things a little bit better just based off an of experience but playing against a guy like uh like Xavier and he I never I got to fill him out and see how he reacts to stuff so maybe I want to use a certain release later so I'll counter it by doing a little you know BS or for lack of better words release to see how you kind of bite the cheese on it and for anyone who doesn't know what Tay is referring to the, the concept of stealing a release is anytime you get press coverage you know in, in a run play where you know your pre- the pressure's not really on you so you want to steal a release instead of just running the guy off kind of lazily and taking that play off like really take your time to execute a plan and either set something up down the road or just judge how he reacts so you gain information and that way you can accumulate 10 15 extra reps throughout a game so that when your number is called you know against press coverage in the fourth quarter now, now you have all those added reps yep 100 100 that's that's the biggest way i feel like that's 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 like getting a practice shot in um so so talk to me uh coach dove left a comment on, on the post where people were asking questions this is something that you introduced to me he said his question was explain how press releases are similar to wiping your own ass <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Hey, I was just about to bring this up anyway. Yeah. I'm glad that he said something. The, so so the, the easiest way to, and I hope everybody listening to this, I wish it was more people tapped in. White House out there, you got to think about it. Date back to, to, to when you became a, a grown man or, or, or an older adolescent kid. The last 500 times you wiped your ass, you didn't get up not one time saying, damn, I didn't wipe my ass good enough right there. So that's how you got to treat every single release. Come off the line. You can't, you can't, you gotta, you gotta go ball. You can't come off the line and just, just pit a pat. Like you, you working all these times in practice with every wideout coach you've ever had. And I know everybody's doing it. Everybody's working on releases now. And it, and it just kills me when I see a guy have a go ball and he got the perfect, it's one, it's one high man, safety's tilted the other way. And now this is his way to, to wipe his ass. Come off and just, just halfway wipe his ass and, and, and then flush the toilet. You gotta make sure you're coming off and you wiping your ass good because you, you would do the same thing. You, you would never get out, you'll never get off the toilet a thousand times. This is wipe good, especially on the go ball because that's the, that's the home run right there. And it's one of the best, you know, metaphors I've heard. And, and I think it really resonates with the kid. They laugh out of the first. It's on point. Something I've been kind of, it's on that note that I've been relaying to my receivers as of late. Is just thinking about an intent and intention at the line of scrimmage. Like every step, every plan ha has, has a purpose. So think about what is that plan? Do I have to get him to jump inside? Well, then you better do that before you release. Is my plan to stretch him outside and assess his reaction? Like whatever the intent of that release is, like slow yourself down, take a deep breath figure out what the purpose is and then go execute it. Stop being in such a rush and, and acting like the clock is ticking because you have a little more time than you think. Exactly. I, t I tell I tell the White House that we got some of the younger guys right and they get out there and, and they, they do some of the most beautiful releases in the world we in a team period or if we in preseason game or whatever it is and then they rush it and I'm like, well, why are you rushing that? Because you saw when we were doing one-on-ones you saw what the effect of, of what it does when you do, you know, you, you widen tap or you do whatever it is, you, you do a threat and release and you and you whip them. But now you're in the heat zone because you're fast. I mean, we get everybody, if you got a 4-3, just why not match that 4-3 up with, with great, you know, being a technician because that's you over the top. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Last kind of thing on, on press releases or the play, and I want to get into some, a little bit of like mindset stuff and then I'll let you go and get back to golf. I don't know if you saw the clip I, I just sent you. I just put out this post of, you know, kind of your highlights mashed up with an uh, interview I had with Darius Slay, who obviously is, is a DB that we both have a lot of respect for. I think he's one of the better guys in the game. Mm. And I asked him, I said, who, who's the best Who's the best receiver you've ever gone up against? And he said it was you. And he just said, you know, your releases, the line of scrimmage were, were really tough to decipher. I'm going to just talk about like, what, you know, overall do you feel like it is about you that, that makes you such a difficult cover? You know, maybe something that, that kids can kind of emulate from your game that makes you so hard to cover. The one thing that I do, and I think that a lot of people don't understand, is that, you know, what, what I do at the line of scrimmage is not choreography. Is 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 based on, you know, I'm, I'm a, I have an initial plan, and it's, this is another, uh, this is another Another uh, Coach Dove metaphor, I guess you could say. It's kind of like a Terminator mask. If a guy is right up on you, you got to have a plan. You drop down. It's kind of like a, you hit a button and, and these five right. releases in your head drop down. If he's three yards off, it's a soft press. You got to drop that and then, and then those scroll down. If he's five, you got to have that same mentality. So I just always have a plan initially. And based off what the defense gives me, I try to react off that. And um, so you'll notice a lot of times I may not get the perfect release. I may not whoop him exactly how I want to at the line, but my hands are always ready. So, you know, if, if he does get, get a jump on whatever it is, I, my hands are ready and my hands are violent. So I'm, and I'm still I'm still really sudden. The, the other big thing that I that I think that guys should should do the change of pace. People don't truly understand 
and value the change of pace coming off the line of scrimmage. You know, I may I may burst off and then slow it down. And then now the DB is thinking they're waiting for that money move. I did, I did another release thing with Charles Woodson on ESPN. And uh, I talked about him and DB's waiting for that money move. So as soon as I come burst and then I slow and I kind of lull him, you obviously don't want to expose your chest because that's a, that's another reason why a lot of our coaches coach against that is because people show their chest and they slow down. But you keep that same pad level, you just change your pace for the next thing. So the next flash that they see, they, they're going with it. But rather than just taking it, which some sometimes you may do that, but more often than not, they see that and then they're waiting for the next thing. And I'm going to throw it there and I'm going to stick and then take it back inside. Now they're jumping for that because they were waiting when they were low to sleep. They're waiting for the next move. But uh, yeah. but rather than just doing the obvious, you counter it with a jab or sometimes you do take it just based on what they give you. And I think that was really well said. You, you said a couple of things there that made me smile because it's exactly what I tell my guys. But the thing, the thing that you got, the young wideouts got to realize is like, you know where you're going. He doesn't. You're always in control. There's never a moment playing receiver where you're not in control. So take advantage of that and using change of space, using attack in different angles to get them off balance. Like those are the things that can get you open. The reason, the way, the ways you lose control is by rushing and not executing your plan fully. Yep, hundred percent. You got to You got execute. I mean, the plan is is the you you train it all. You don't. We don't train in just in in straight lines. So get why people just take off and, and go. Sometimes if if a guy want to open a gate you fast, yeah, take that. But but how do you get a, a quality corner that's just gonna open up the gate? You just running at him straight and they trying to run around him. One, that's gonna be a bad release. And you got it's gonna be a wasted release. And two, quarterbacks probably not gonna want to throw you the ball because more often than not, you got you're not gonna save that red line for him unless you got an Aaron Rodgers type guy. Which I try to even help him out by not doing that. You don't want to. You don't want to have the quarterback because it's just more than just you out there. He got options to throw to, and if he's up against the sideline, just running, sprinting next to a guy at all times, you put more pressure on him. Um, then getting into a little bit of mindset stuff. Uh, at M Conrad thirty four, at Nikolai Preston, they both asked, like, what's your mindset at the line of scrimmage when you're sizing up a DB? What are some of the cues that you look for, um, and that, that tell you to kind of break off your release and use one point or the other? Well, the biggest thing is knowing before you even line up with him. Just based off film i'm a big film guy i watch countless hours of film on my opponent i, I like to watch you know I'm, I'm already watching film on xavier rose and darius slay right now I play them for for obviously you know for a while so um and i've played them before so it's a, it's a big thing i try to just know you got to know your personnel so going into it is really no surprises obviously people change up their game a little bit but just knowing the most that you can um out the gate i feel like it gives you an advantage so um i just try to learn them and then come off the line and like i said react the biggest thing is always to be able to put your stick your feet in the ground people talk about not getting parallel but that's a it's a, it's a great thing to work you can't always do it but you know you you know you're like jordy nelson he's a guy that that was often open but that's not something that was a part of his skill set so he knew you know different ways to manipulate dbs to you know, just outsmart him and do different things. So he wouldn't try to do necessarily the same things I would do and vice versa. I think that's well said. I got I got two more for you. Most of you gave us some interesting answers to this. Any pregame superstitions or pregame routines that you kinda stick to every single week? Um I got nothing really crazy. I just eat the exact same thing every before every game. What do you what do you eat? He said he eats peanut butter and jelly before every game. Nah, I can't do the peanut I do PB and J at halftime sometime, but I make a salmon salad. I started doing that uh, in twenty sixteen and I had I had a few touchdowns that year, so I just say we're gonna keep that going. So I just um it's it's a little bit just a regular salad, real salmon and it with ranch and, and cheddar cheese. And that's my go to right there. I like that. That's, that's very interesting. Last one, who who's the hardest cornerback you've ever matched up against? Hmm. 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 
um, it's been different guys at different points. I say my rookie year it was it was Darrell Revis. He was the guy when we played the Pats. But over the over the years, consistently, it's probably been Pat P. Uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for Slay and and Xavier Rose. And you know what, Xavier Howard this this past year, I think he's one of the better cornerbacks in the league. And any any like football idols you've had growing up, your favorite receiver growing up, or anyone you really like to watch now? Oh yeah, I mean, as far as work ethic and, and just respect for what he's done, obviously Jerry is 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 bar none. My favorite wideout of all time is is Randy Moss. I feel like you know he he's a freak. He's he's always he's always been that guy I've idolized. You know, I never could run like him, but I feel like we had a similar skill set. Feel like we both can catch the ball well with our hands. Um, you know. We both can run, um, and, and and he took his route serious too. People don't really give him credit as much for his route just because how fast he was. He was breaking dudes off, so I got a chance to meet him a few years a few years back. Um, we met with Jerry a few times, but I, I did a panel with him at the Super Bowl, so um, that was pretty dope. But uh, but yeah, those, those those probably my top two. That's awesome. And uh, I will, I actually have that panel recorded because I was there for that. So for all the fans, I'm going to put that up on, on YouTube pretty soon. That was a really cool conversation with, with two really great players. Yo, man, I, I can't thank you enough, bro. This was awesome. Literally, I feel bad because we could just go on forever and I want to let, let you get back to golf. We can definitely run it back. We can chop it up. We can hop on FaceTime in these next few days, whatever. If you want to chop it up some more, we, we can do whatever you're trying to do. Bro. Yeah, I would love that, bro. I appreciate yeah. you, man. We'll, we'll talk soon. Keep doing your thing and, and keep killing it in OTA. Send me some film when you get a chance, too. Oh, yeah, I got you, baby. All right, bro. I'll and that's it for episode two of Bean Talk with Green Bay Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams. Like I said, I hope you guys can kind of see what I was talking about. Incredibly thoughtful kid, incredibly well-spoken, and just really, you know, ahead of his time as far as the way he's thinking about the game. Like, he, he thinks about the game like I do in, in a lot of ways and like coaches do, but you don't find a lot of players, even professional players, who really understand the big picture and understand all the nuances of the technique um, as well as he does. And I think that's something that both he and Muhammad Sanu have in common and something that makes them both great. Like you heard Devontae say it, he's not a 4-5 guy, so he's got to do some other things to make up for that, and it's in the technique. And and neither really is Mo, but Mo said it on his on his bean talk episode i'm fast enough i'm quick enough but nothing makes up for being the quickest guy in the mind and being able to outthink people and outsmart people and and create different plans on the fly and i think that's something that both these guys have in common and it was a really really cool uh pairing to have as the first two guests on the show and i'm very grateful for their time and their expertise um but that's all we've got we have a really cool guest for you guys in week three of bean talk uh someone who's a little bit different style of play uh, a good friend with both of these guys personally and someone who I've become great friends with. I think you guys will really enjoy that interview. But until next time, this is Coach Lead signing off. Bean Talk Episode 3. I'll see you guys soon. Peace. Hold up, brother, let me get this thing straight. Can't just be another random rapper with a mixtape. I just went and put another beat inside a pine box. I just went and took another trip way out to Biscayne. I love Miami because they always treat me so well. They used to see me nowhere. I used to pull them by saying I run for the team. Now they running their hands through my head. They used to never want to see my town. I got them coming to the east side now. In the city where I reside now. When they move a little weight, let the D-line. Now, running track or running back. Gotta keep it moving, never running back. Never. We running the game and they running laps. That's another story for another track. See, from the sidelines, we gotta hustle, cause we gotta eat. From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach. Yeah. Reach. Yeah.